series called Be a Man. Be a Man. And so we started this series last week and, and we're going to go for a few more weeks because I, kinda, I feel like this is so important and, and so valuable. And so I'm going to ask you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23, it's your first time at Grace, you'll notice that some of the scriptures that we have are either in your sermon notes, we're going to put 2 Samuel up on the screen though, uh, in just a moment, you can follow along there. I want to start though this morning by reviewing a little bit, all right? Let's review a little bit. We've, we've kind of had this key verse, and you'll find it in 1 uh, Corinthians 16, and it just says this, it says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Last week we said that the starting point for all masculinity, the starting point for being a man and and manhood is to be a man of humility. Because if we don't learn humility, if we allow pride into our life, if we think that we can do it all, be it all, we are it, then, then we'll never achieve manhood. And so we start with, with, with understanding humility because pride, listen to me, pride is a killer. Pride kills manhood. It kills masculinity. And so let's talk this morning as we continue about what it means to be a man. Because in 1 Corinthians, Paul's writing and he says this, act like a man. But what does that mean? You know, what does it really mean to be a man? So many times I think we look at society and we have this, this, this definition of what society says manhood is like. And, and you've noticed that as the years have passed, some of you who've, who've been around for a few years, you, you, you see that, that manhood has changed. What it means to be a man has changed. It used to be John Wayne. Hallelujah. Any John Wayne fans out there? I'm a huge John Wayne fan. Love John Wayne. And so that used to be it. He was the very definition of of what it meant to be a man. And then we had a sitcom come along called MASH. And and, and there was a character on there played by Alan Alda. And now he was the man, you know. He was a man. He was a sensitive man. And so now all of a sudden uh, being a man meant to be sensitive, right? But if you look in the last 20 years, every sitcom... Every man in every sitcom is a moron. So how do we, now what do we do? How do we find, listen, if there is nobody leading the way, if there is nobody pointing the way, if a young boy does not have a father to lead and guide him, to be that compass, to show him, hey, this is what it means to be a man, this is the biblical definition of manhood, then how are we going to know, how is a young man going to know what it is to be a man? And I know that in some cases there are boys growing up in homes where there is no man and through nobody's fault, through, through, through no fault of his own or anybody else's fault, he doesn't have that father figure. He doesn't have the male that he can look to. And so we have to find, for those young men, we have to find a man who will lead them and help them to say this is what it means to be a man because society's never going to teach us what it means to be a man. Society cannot define manhood. And let me tell you, I said this last week and I'll say it again. Men, you are irreplaceable. I'm going to try that one more time. I said, men, you are irreplaceable. Nobody can do your job. Nobody could do your job. I'm here to tell you, I don't care how talented 
Two women are, they cannot raise a man. Can I get a big amen on that? It cannot happen. It takes a man to raise a man. And so, men, you are irreplaceable. And so, we're going to talk about what it really means to be a man. And, and, of course, we started last week talking about humility. But we're going to talk about acting like a man because in 1 Corinthians it says, hey, act like a man. Act like a man. Now, look at 2 Samuel chapter number 23. 2 Samuel chapter number 23, and we're going to start in verse number 11. Now, this is a list of David's mighty men, and you see it throughout the entire chapter. And so I'm just going to highlight one of them, and it starts in verse number 11. It says, after him, after a different man, was a man by the name of Shema, and he was the son of Agi, the Herorite. And the Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. Listen to what this guy did. Shema stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines, so the Lord brought about a great victory. Amen. There was this guy, his name was Shema, and he's, while everybody else is running, he stands there. While everybody else is fleeing, while this army is coming against him, he says, listen, this piece of ground belongs to me. This is my piece of ground. This belongs to me, and I will defend it. The enemy will not have it. It is mine, so I'm going to stand here, and I am going to fight. That's what it means to be a man. Listen, to be a man means that you have to have courage. You have to have courage. In today's society, with all that we're facing, look at the news and look at the bombardment and look at the rise of feminism and all these different things. Let me tell you, it takes courage to be a man. It takes courage to be a man. To say, what belongs to me, I will defend. I will fight for what is mine. It takes courage. There was a guy, let me just show, throw this quote up to you. His, his name was... was Anias Nim, and he said this, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. That means the greater the courage, the greater the life, but if you lack courage, your life will begin to shrink to the amount of courage that you put on display. So this week, I want to talk to you about what it means to be a man, watch this, to be a man who steps up. Last week was being a man of humility, but this week it is being a man who steps up. And we're going to jump right into it this morning. Are you ready? Number one, stepping up means growing up. It means growing up. Dr. Edwin Cole said, maturity comes not with age, but with the acceptance of responsibility. You are only young once, but immaturity can last a lifetime. Let me tell you, I've seen some men in their 40s and 50s still unwilling to accept responsibility. And because they refuse to accept responsibility, they never grow up. They never grow up. Do you know that in the Jewish faith, there's something called a bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah literally means son of the covenant. And here's what happens. When a young boy turns 13, they have a religious ceremony. It's called a bar mitzvah. And in the bar mitzvah, it's now where this boy becomes a man and is expected after this moment, after this ceremony, he is expected now to keep the commandments, to keep the commandments. 
It is a rite of passage. It is the, the turning of a page. It is, it is ending one chapter and beginning another. And that's where he says, okay, now I've become a man. But those of us who did not grow up in the Jewish faith, we don't have such a ceremony. There is no rite of passage. There is no passing of the torch. There is no turning of a page. And so many men find themselves completely lost. Boys, unable to navigate what it means to take that next step to grow up. We still have 35-year-old men living in hats that are on backwards, flip-flops and shorts. That's how they live their life. Now, listen, that doesn't mean that that can't happen every once in a while. But many of them are still stuck playing video games. Do you know the average age of a video game player? This is going to shock you. I read this in USA Today. It's actually 34. The average age. That's the average age. That's not the minimum or maximum. That's the average age. And I thought to myself, listen, I like shorts and flip-flops and hats. I have no problem with that. That's what I look like every Saturday. Come on now. Every Saturday, that's me. But you can't live your life like that. You know, my, my wife and I, we're going on a cruise in a couple weeks. I'm so excited. I told her, listen, listen, I'll pack with Elias just because all I'm bringing, sister, is shorts, a t-shirt, a, a hat, and some flip-flops and underwear. And that's all, that's all I got. That's all that's it. That's all that's going in the suitcase. She said, you can't do that. We're going out to dinner. You have to pack. I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. And when I vacation, I look like a homeless person. I am a bum. Anybody else with me like that? That's, a, that's how I vacation. I ain't dressing up. No way. I'm going to the captain's table in flip-flops, a board shorts, and a t-shirt. Hallelujah. So there's nothing wrong with that. But, but that's not how we live our life, right? We have to, at some point, say, no, no, no. It's time to, to grow up. I'm not 17 anymore. I'm now... I'm now a husband, I'm a father, I'm an employee, I'm an employer. It's time for me to grow up. I always said that I could fix America. Let me tell you how I fix America. I fix America by by two things. Number one, boys growing up and men stepping up. And I tell you, if we do that, we'll fix America. Can I get a good amen, right? That'll fix America for sure. Here's what Paul wrote. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he said, listen, when I was a child, I acted like a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child. But watch what he says. When I became a man, I put away childish things. I put them away. I decided my selfish ways, my adolescence, my immaturity has to go. It is time to grow up and be a man. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it talks about marriage, and it says this, Therefore a man, come on now, I said a man, a man leaves his father and mother. Now, that's not just talking about physically, that's talking about emotionally, right? psychologically. In other words, he leaves not just home, he leaves that season of his life behind. That season is gone. I'm no longer living at home with father and mother. That season of my life has ended. 
This is a new season. Now, I am a man. And if you ask single women, there is no shortage of guys, boys who shave. But there is a critical shortage of men. And all the single women said, I knew a few would say amen. It's a critical shortage. Peter Pan syndrome has set in. Boys don't want to grow up. I'm here to tell you that, that we have to grow up. Stepping up is growing up. And, and accepting responsibility. And it takes courage to do that. It takes courage to say, that season of my life is over. It's time for a new season. Which is going to lead to the second point. And the second point is this. We have to embrace the seasons of our life. You have to embrace them. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 says what? It says, to everything there is a season. For everything there is a season. And there's a season to be single. Be able to go wherever you want, do whatever you want. Eat Chinese food whenever you want to eat Chinese food. Right? There's a season for that. <laughs> I had a text from my nephew who, who leads our, our youth ministry. My niece is out of town. She's at a wedding, so he's, he's just him. And so he texted me yesterday, where do you get Chinese food? Because I always talk about that fact. When my wife leaves town, she doesn't like Chinese food. And so I never get to have Chinese food when she's here. But when she's gone, which never happens, but when she is gone, Chinese food. Praise the Lord. Come on, egg roll. And so... So he texts me that, right? But you have to embrace that. Now, that season of your life, do what you want, spend money on whatever you want to spend money on, right? But when you come into a new season, you have to embrace the new season. I, I didn't get that. See, I always make this announcement when I teach on marriage. When I teach on marriage, I make this announcement. When you are married, you are not single anymore. Right? Which sounds ridiculous, but you would be surprised how many people don't get it. Right? When you're married, you're not single. Listen, I didn't get that. I thought, well, marriage is just going to add. It's not going to subtract. But Genesis 2.24 said two become one. How does that happen? Subtraction. Come on now. I said it's subtraction. What has to go? My selfishness, whoop, has to go. So, so it's a new season of your life, and you have to learn how to embrace the season. I, I, I'm the father of two boys. One is 20, and the other is six. And so I'm kind of, I'm in two different worlds right now because the 20-year-old, you don't control his life. You don't manage his life. You're just his advisor, so he comes to me with advice. So that's, that's one season that I get to embrace, one role that I get to embrace. The six-year-old is, is another different, it's a different season. It's a different, different role that I take in him, right? And I have to embrace it. You have to embrace the role. When you're single, you embrace that role. When you're married, you embrace that role. When you become a father, you embrace that role. When you become a grandfather, you get to embrace that role. Let me tell you, as it gets older, it gets better. Hallelujah. It gets better. That's why I know we have some men here that have been married for a while, and the hair, if they have any, is still gray. Come on now. 
It's, it's a little grayer now than, than it used to be. But guess what? They'll tell you marriage gets better. Hallelujah. Embrace the season of your life. Embrace it. Huh? And then the third one is this. And I want to talk to you about this and spend a little time here. Stepping up means quitting the game and running the race. Quitting the game and running the race. Do you want to know why some men check out? Do you want to know why some men struggle with depression? Did you know if you look at statistics today, listen to this, men are three and a half times more likely to commit suicide than women. That's not the shocking part. The shocking part is at what age they do it. Men commit suicide most often between 45 and 54. Why is that? Is it middle age? Is it a midlife crisis? No, I'll tell you why. Because at 45 and going into their 50s, they think to themselves, I should have been so much further along. Why am I so far behind? And the reason is, is because from being a young boy, we are not fashioned, we are not trained for relationships. Women are. Women are. I got three nieces that go into that little nursery area from five and six all the way down to just a little toddler. Watch this. They have dolls that they feed. They have dolls that they change the diaper in. Huh? They have tea sets, and they set up little tea sets. And, and they are already planning at that age for the role that they will have for the rest of their life. They're already planning for it. Some of you, you grew up, ladies, you grew up with the Barbies and the Ken dolls and the Easy Bake Ovens. You were preparing for, for the role of a wife and a mother all of your life, from the novels that you read, you've got your wedding planned out long before you got a boyfriend. Right? You're dreaming of that day. And do you know why you were preparing for that role and you're playing with the Barbie and you're playing house with the kin and you're, you're embracing all the romance that comes from all the, the things that you're fed? Do you know that while you're doing that, while you're preparing that, do you know what boys are doing? Boys are playing games. Boys are playing games. And men know how to play games. I said men know how to play games. Because in games there are rules, and when there are rules, we know that if we follow the rules and, and we score, we win. And it's all about, listen to me, listen to me, it's all about scoring. It's all about scoring. That's why a man who sleeps around calls it scoring. Because even though he's now grown up, it's still all about points. And he's still playing games because he's still thinking to himself that, hey, I, I, I'm still playing games. I'm still keeping score. And scoring means winning. It means winning. Until he finds himself 
in a relationship walking down an aisle saying I do and then entering into a game that he is ill prepared for that he does not know the rules of and he finds himself losing he finds himself losing badly and women will often remind him that he's losing am I telling the truth now am I telling the truth they'll spend hours telling him how behind he is, how, how he, is, he is losing, and he will never catch up, and he will never win. And so what, did, what does he do? He checks out. Or he goes to find a new game that he can win. Do you hear me now? That's why men check out. Do you know why I know that? Because I did that. I checked out. I got married, I wasn't ready. Pastor said, I do. He said, do you say I do? I said, I do. I had no idea what I did. I had no idea. Come on guys, am I telling the truth? We don't know what we're doing. We say I do, we have no idea what we just did. I just didn't want to be alone. So I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know all that that would entail. And I got behind really quick, really quick. It didn't take me years to lose. I started losing the first month. And then I kept losing, and I kept losing, and I kept losing until I got so far behind, I checked out. I checked out. I said, well, if this is marriage, this isn't going to work. I'm never going to catch up. I must have the wrong teammate. Right? That's what I thought. I said, I'm playing the wrong game. I got the wrong teammate. This is never going to work. It's never going to work. So I checked out and I said, okay, now how, how, do, I, how do I win? I'm never going to win with her. I got depressed, battled depression, checked out. I was done. I was done. And so that's how I know, and I see it in men's faces. I talk to them. I've seen they've checked out. You know why? Because they're still playing a game. Quit playing the game. Quit keeping score. Men always are measuring everything. They're measuring themselves, and guess what? There's always going to be somebody that's got more money There's always going to be somebody that has a bigger boat, drives a nicer car, and lives in a better house. There's always going to be that guy. So if you think that you're always just going to score more points and more scores, finally get ahead, guess what? You'll eventually do something dumb, and you're going to get behind again. And that's what I was, I was just trying to catch up constantly. Until I said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. The Bible never talks about playing games, or we're in a game, or life is a game. Do you know what it says? Life is a race. And we're not racing against the competitor, right? 
We're not racing against the guy that, that seems like he's got it all together. We're not racing against the, the sports heroes, the ones that we see. We're not racing against the guy who, who started a company and, and in two years he was a multimillionaire and you started a company 15 years ago and you're broke and you're barely making it. You're not competing against that guy. So quit the game and just say, I'm going to run my race. I'm just going to run my race. Hebrews says this, listen, to run the race that is set before you. Just run it. Stop keeping score. Huh? Stop, stop playing the game. Quit the game and run the race that is set before you. You're not competing against anybody or anything. There's only two things that are necessary for you to run this race. And the first one is this, you have to run with passion. You have to run with passion. Now, John Maxwell said this. He said, there is no such thing as low-energy people and high-energy people. There's only low-passion people and high-passion people. Hallelujah. And you will never find your passion outside of personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I get a good amen? You can't find it any other way. You can only find it in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can only find it by getting into the word of God, by, by praying, by saying, okay, God, I'm going to submit myself to you. That's how you discover passion. And we have to run with passion, right? We have to run with passion. And the second thing we need is we need to finish strong. And let me tell you guys, I got good news for you. Because some of you think I am behind I should have been further along by now. I should have more saved up. I, I should have a better business. I should, should have a better job. I should have a better marriage. And you are looking at your life as a game and you are thinking that you are not scoring points. You're too far behind and you are quitting. I'm here to tell you, no, it's not that. It's, it's the race that you run. It's a race. And you're not racing against anybody else but you are running a race. And when you develop passion, you see what happens? What God does is he breathes into you a second wind. A second wind, right? And I don't care if you are 50 or 60 or 23. Run with passion, but determine this. I am going to finish strong. I'm going to finish strong. Because, you know, the Bible says this. It says a righteous man falls seven times. But guess what? He gets back up again. Hallelujah. He gets back up. I'm here to tell you, listen, if you've fallen down, if you've stumbled, that was me, man. I had fallen down. I had checked out. I was so far behind, I never thought I'd catch up. But guess what? I got back up again. God breathed into me a new passion for my family, for life, for him. I got a second wind, and I've determined, even though I've made a ton of mistakes, and I love a lot of do-overs. And I wasted years and months and days. I've wasted all of that. But guess what? I've determined I am going to finish strong. God is not done with me yet. Hallelujah. And here's what God's able to do. Listen, guys, here's what God's able to do with you. God's able to take your life 
And he's able to breathe a second wind. He's able to breathe new passion into your life. And guess what? The best is still yet to come. You can begin to run the race that God has set for you. Yeah, there'll still be some bumps along the road. There'll still be some days when you get up and you still go, okay, now I got to somehow find the strength to do what I have to do today. But guess what? You can begin to accelerate the pace and you can run the race that God has for you. Not for anybody else. It's your race. So be a man who steps up. Listen, I'll tell you what. I've stopped keeping score a long time ago. I've just decided, okay, you know what? I I don't care what kind of house I live in, what kind of car I drive, how big anything that I do becomes. Right? I I don't care. I'm not comparing myself to anybody else. I'm not going to do that. I'm, not, I'm done playing that game. I'm done trying to measure up. Do you hear me? I've decided I'm going to race the God, run the race that God has for me. And you know what? I like the race that he has for me.